When you meet someone, do you wonder about their story? If you're like me, you're always interested in the lives, hopes, and dreams of people. Stories Connect People podcast will bring you interesting, inspiring, and compelling stories from people just like you and me. Stories that will inspire you. They'll make you laugh. You'll learn. They might even make you cry. But above all, you will feel connected and closer to the people around you. You may see yourself in these stories. You may feel connected because you share similarities in your own journey. There are rich, interesting stories closer than you think, maybe even yours. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People. I am Polly Van Duzer, your host. Today, my guest on Stories Connect People podcast is Ivy Carruth. She is an expat who moved with her husband from Atlanta to Australia. She is a travel writer and has an incredible website that I can't wait for you to check out. She talks about her life after moving around the world, her life as an expat, and how that has changed and opened up the world for her completely. She started an amazing travel blog and website that you must check out, Travel in Twos. It is one of the best websites I've ever seen, and her travel articles are incredibly written. I wanted Ivy to share her story on how moving around the world started her on this travel adventure that you will surely learn from. You will be both highly informed and highly entertained by her writing, wit, and charm. I describe her as a little Southern and a little Aussie. You will see why. Welcome, my friend from around the world, Ivy Carruth, to Stories Connect People podcast. Ivy, welcome to Stories Connect People podcast. My friend Ivy is in Australia. I am so excited. She has uh, so many great things to share about the things that um, she is doing in um, in her travel journey and, and her travel blog. And so I am uh, so excited about that. Uh, so Ivy, welcome. Thank you so much, Pauls. It is so good to be here. <laughs> so um, Ivy is a traveler. She is a travel blogger. She's a travel writer. She's a wife to such an amazing guy, Ryan. Uh And we've known for a long time. And she's a doxy mama. So we can't forget about that. So Ivy, I might have missed some things. But um, Ivy and I have known each other for, what do you think? It's like 30 years or something. It has to be. Yeah. And that's (laughs) crazy because we're only only 27. So it's amazing that we're so young. We're so so young. But um, we were in college, we went to college together, and we actually were sorority sisters. And so um, it's uh, been a long time since we've talked. And so um, because Ivy moved to Australia, but but one other thing just about, you know, being sorority sisters, I tell my stepdaughter, Sarah, that your sorority sisters can be, you know, it might not be everyone, but, you know, you're going to meet girls there that are going to be your friends for life. And we're friends for life. And so it's so um, it's so great after all these years to still be friends with you. And even though it's been a long time um, since we've seen each other, I love Facebook because we in we can stay connected. And um, then with your travel 
blog, you know, it's just like another insight into you that I just love so much. So thank you for being a guest on Stories Connect People podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. And you're you're absolutely right about the sorority sisters and there's certain ones that you will be in contact with for your entire life. In fact, when we got to uh, Australia, I got on a, a Facebook page, page called um, Aussies Down Under. And then there's another one called Americans in Sydney. And I asked if anyone was a, an alumni of our sorority and got a response. And so this girl that I've never met, she's in Melbourne and we keep up with each other. Uh, on Facebook. So it's it's weird, sort of that connection that you get with these people. Absolutely. So we're AO Pies, Alpha Omicron Pies, and we went to Georgia State. And so, well, Ivy, there's so many things that I want to talk to you about today. So I want to start by your journey moving to Sydney. And so, you know, you have friends that say, you know, I'm relocating and they're going, you know, to another city or to another state or maybe you know, to another region, like here in the US, but you moved to Australia <laughs> and so, <laughs> all the way around the world. And so, yeah, so we just, I guess we, we just went for it. We thought, you know, why not? We had the opportunity. Uh, we were living in, in Candler Park. We absolutely loved it there. Really vibrant, interesting you know, edgy sort of neighborhood. We adored it. We knew our neighbors really well. And you had the cutest house with we, the cutest decorations oh ever. My gosh, we ha- I loved that house so much. Um, we had just had our kitchen fully remodeled. I mean, I'd gone out to the granite yard, picked out the slab. Everything was perfect. Double oven. Ugh. And then Ryan comes home one night and says, oh, hey, um, can I get you a glass of wine? And I thought, oh, how about a bottle? <laughs> oh Lord, what have you done? You know, what? I looked out in the driveway, like, has he bought thing or what is going on? And anyways, he had been out with some uh, partners from his from his firm, and they wanted to know if we'd be interested in moving to Sydney so that he could open an office here. He he ran the Atlanta office, and they wanted to know if we could do that. And I thought, well, gosh, um, couldn't really think of a reason why not to. We were both at places in our career where we were looking for something that was a little different, a new challenge. Um, We both like change. We both like to travel. We both like the novel. We thought about it for a very short amount of time. Neither of us had ever been to Australia before. Um, And we thought, yeah, let's, let's do it. So we began that whole process, which is involved having the quarantine process begin for the dogs because that was you know a condition that wasn't gonna rehome the dogs um so we started the procedure to have all four of them come with us to sydney ryan began working on work stuff i handled the minutiae of moving the house he actually moved to sydney in April, and I didn't come until August because of. Oh, I remember quarantine. that now, right? Yeah, yeah. It was because of the quarantine process for the dogs. It's a six month process. Um, they can do five months of it at home, and then when they get here, they have to go to doggy jail for hmm. for a month. Yeah. So he got here in April, and um, uh, he got to Sydney in April, and then 
Um, I followed in August and yeah, and it's just been, I mean, obviously a life-changing experience. An absolutely life-changing experience Mm -hmm. for you. And it, I mean, do you feel like it just opened up the world for you? 100% allowed us to see a much different way of life and a much different way of, of living. What was the biggest adjustment for you? I mean, uh, once you got the dogs back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, the biggest adjustment, the simple stuff, you know, driving on the left, that was really oh. hard especially as a passenger, because I would be in the back seat and the whole inner ear thing just didn't work for me. I got, I would get nauseous in the back seat because I just thought this is my brain was going, this is not right. This is absolutely incorrect, but I'm completely used to that now. In fact, I'm more uncomfortable when I come back to the States. I'm very uncomfortable driving in the States because I'm so used to driving on the left now. How long is it? How long has it been? Eight years? Eight years. Yeah, we moved here in 2012. That's been difficult. The metric system. I mean, oh, gosh, I can imagine. Yeah, the the metric system. Just translate into Fahrenheit for me. I know, I know. But there's this formula, you know, we use, I mean, I'm I'm very used to it now. Uh, The slang and the vernacular is very different here. So even though. Well, I told my, I told my husband, I was like, you know, she's like, a little bit Southern and a little bit Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. But that's how I described you. And yeah. so I, am I right? I think so. I, I, do think <laughs> so. I know that I've, I've picked up lots of the slang. It's, it's inevitable when you're surrounded by it and um, all, all the time. So uh, lots of my friends are Australian. I, I do have some American friends, but I'm around Australians more than I am Americans. And so you, you do pick it up. You hear it all the time and it becomes just a part of your, your language. So yeah, that was hard. And, and the first few months that we were here, it felt like I was on vacation. It was not. I can imagine. Like, yeah. yeah, It was not like living a real life. It was, it took, it took a minute for me to really insert myself into life here. Were you welcomed like by friends? Was it easy for you to make friends or they welcoming to um, folks from the outside? They, they are, well, they like Americans, which is a nice change because, you know, a lot of times you go places in Europe and they don't, Right, Um, but here they really do. Um, Yeah. It was um, making friends is always difficult, I would say, but Mm -hmm. We don't have kids, and so we do not have that that network of people who are in mothers' groups together, or people mm-hmm. who know each other from their kids' classrooms. And we're past that age group anyway. I was fortunate enough that this was a bit of kismet. Someone I'd gone to college with, um, Liz, had a friend. It's very six degrees of separation type thing, but she knew someone who was moving to Australia. We got in touch with one another. We ended up moving to Sydney a day apart. We lived, oh. we, we moved into the same neighborhood. We have, neither one of us have kids. We both had dogs. Uh, we were around the same age and liked to do the same things. So that was very fortunate. I met her and then through her, I met some other people. So right away, I sort of had a, a group of people to make it a bit less daunting 
And then mm-hmm. through work, I met more people. What did moving mean for your career? So you spent your career here in uh, in uh, special education administration. Is that right? Yeah, I was teaching initially, and then I moved into administration, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you move there, is that something that's easily transferable to Australia, or what's that like? Not all of my qualifications transferred over mm-hmm. to Australia, even though I had two mm-hmm. master's degrees. They wanted me to go back to get a bachelor's degree. Oh, gosh. Um, and I thought, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. So I was fortunate enough. Um, I had to really advocate for myself and my qualifications. And we came to an understanding with the with the governing board, with the body. They probably gave me a, a, a little more um, of the qualification than I wanted, but it was a little mm-hmm. less than I wanted. And I mm-hmm. thought maybe this is sort of the universe going you know, you really don't want to do this anymore. I mean, I was, <laughs> my bucket was just full. I had done it for 20 years and it's a very tax. It can be very taxing. It's, it's a lot of fun and I would never take back the experience and, and what I did. And I absolutely loved it. And, you know, as far as the kids go, I worked with kids that had emotional and behavioral disorders. And I love mm-hmm. those little guys, like the work, the worst behaved, the more I loved them, the, the harder time they had in school, the more I wanted to advocate for them and work for them to do more and to be more because I knew that they were capable of that. When I came here, I ended up working at a school for deaf and blind children. That was really fascinating. And I, I learned a whole a whole new skill set. I mean, I, I was exposed to Auslan, which is Australian Sign Language. I don't know if you know this, but every country has their own sign language. Mm, I had no idea about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was exposed to that and learned a a lot of information in in the whole, in the vision field. And that was very exciting. But I think the fact that those qualifications didn't transfer sort of led me further, further along the path to doing something different. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about doing something different. And when you announced that you were starting a travel blog, I thought, Oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. And so, so just start. So you said, you know, you've always had a love for travel. Where did that come from? Is your family a family that traveled or just um, kind of what ignited that? You know what? No, I did not come from a family who traveled out of the country. We had our favorite places that we would go to every year. And they were where we felt a measure of comfort and they were where we felt like we knew what there was to do. And it was just, there was no reason to change it because we enjoyed it it so much. It's kind of common for, you know, for like our families growing. I mean, some people I'm sure traveled internationally and everything, but, you know, I've heard that from so many friends that, you know, their families just kind of did, you know, local or kind of regional stuff, beach or things like that, mountains or things like that. So Absolutely. That's that's how we were. I, I think Americans don't travel a lot, especially when they're children. Mm-hmm. Um, and in other countries, they do. I know here they, they do. They travel. They travel a lot. They travel all the time. And um, interestingly, they don't travel a lot in Australia. They travel out of Australia. Uh, they go to Bali a lot and Fiji and places like that. But um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm nosy and I'm curious. And I, like I said before, I love the novel and I adore change and 
luckily I married somebody who loves travel as, as much as I do. So what led to you starting the travel blog? Was oh. it a moment? Was it like, I have all these great trips and I want to talk about them uh, and share my experiences? You know, what was it that, that uh, led you to that? I met some people who freelanced and I met. Okay. Them, yep. And so I, I saw how awesome that was. And I knew I could write. I knew I could put words together. And I had the added benefit of being fluent in in American English versus Commonwealth English and the grammar and the semantics and the syntax and the verbiage and all of that that, that, that goes with it because it is different. And so I thought, I could do this. And I just sort of began to see a path forward. Um, so I signed up for some classes. I signed up for some writing classes, specifically freelance classes. And then I took some travel writing classes. And then I took some copywriting classes. So I would have a, a well-rounded ability to cater what I was writing for the audience uh, that it was intended to go to. So it's very difficult to write off the bat, get someone to place your story into their publication, be it digital or print. So I thought, I've got to get something that will serve as a portfolio so people can see that I can put two words together and and have them make sense. And the good thing about having a blog is that it's my voice. So I can write that how I want it to be versus if you're writing for someone else for another publication, you have to make sure that the voice you're using matches the style. Yeah. So I only have to please myself, but then at the same time, I don't want to be too, I don't know, too off the cuff or too, I want it to make sense. I want it to be a good representation of, of me. And I thought I'll do this. And so I had a friend of mine, the same, the same girlfriend that I met when I moved here, she does websites, she builds websites. And so I had her help me put my blog together. Your website is fabulous. Do you get such great feedback on that? I do get really good feedback. And it is a absolute blast to do. I've I've neglected it in the last month or so, but that's because I've been doing freelance stuff. I've actually had some articles get placed and I've been traveling a bit to to get the content to put in those articles. Mm-hmm. But the the blog is to ultimately, I love the blog and I have so much fun doing it. And I I love the colors that it has and it's it's I feel like it's representative of of me and my whole aesthetic. I agree with that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, um, share with the listeners your your blog name is um, Travel in Twos, right? Yep. Travel yep. in Twos. And so uh, talk about how you came up with that name. And I want to know how you get your ideas for it. Well, I am a twosome. <laughs> right. And I love, I love when you call him Mr. T- Mr. Two. I mean, the first time I saw that, I laughed out loud. I was like, I love Mr. Two. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know what to call him. I had all kinds of things. And I was like, you know, I think Mr. Two's will work. Um, Yeah, but we're twosome. And we're 
we're we're child free and so we travel with the two of us that's my experience and i know that there are a lot of people out there who have that same experience they travel with a partner or they travel with a friend or with a sister with their mother their daughter, whatever, or it's two couples that travel together. So travel in twos. It's not a large group. It doesn't really cater to family holidays, but that's mm-hmm. what, not where my experience is and that's not where my interest is. And because right. it's my blog, I can do what I want, <laughs> which is really <laughs> nice. So yeah. I, that's my audience is people who travel together. And I get people, I have a lot of followers on the blog who are, families but they look at the blog for when they're going to go on a holiday together and leave the kids at home Mm -hmm. so it may be a couple who is traveling for an anniversary or they're going they're going to a wedding and they need some tips on how to how to pack or where to stay or what to do while they're there so it doesn't mean that it's necessarily only for people who don't have kids it's just for people who are going to travel with kids, basically, with another person. How do you get your ideas? So do you, I couldn't wait to ask you this question. Do you travel where it would lend you to blogging better? Or do you blog no matter where you travel to? Or is there some uh, blend of that? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Do I plan around the blog? Or do I blog around the plan? I would say... (laughs) (laughs) I would say that depends. Um, That depends if it's a story that I'm freelancing, if it's a story that I've sold that I'm writing for an outlet, then that will be completely separate from the blog because typically the editors want exclusivity on that content. Mm -hmm. But if it's for me, if it's for the blog, blog around the trip. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a deal to get two or three stories from one trip. Um, but again, if you're selling them, they need to be completely separate. So I, I do try to think of, I do a lot of planning in advance. I have to say, I look at, um, I look at Instagram. I'll look up hashtags on Instagram for where we're going. I will go on Facebook and see if they have a Facebook page. I will go to TripAdvisor. Um, I look up other people's blogs. So I do a lot of research because we are living in an age where there is a an overabundance of information. And so it's taking that information and whittling it down to what works for for me and my audience on the blog and and seeing what is going to serve us best about this destination and then going into further detail about that. Yeah, I love that. And that's such a great um, tip about Instagram. I hadn't even thought about looking at Instagram for, um, and I'm going to ask you a little bit later, but if you have any travel tips, but I mean, I would say that would be one of them. Um, You know, I look at TripAdvisor and I look at, um, um, you know, I do research on on, uh, Google, but, you know, looking at the Facebook pages or looking at an Instagram page, that's such a fantastic tip. And I'm sure you can get a lot of good ideas from those. And so, um, that that's awesome. Yeah, Pinterest is a really a really good one too, and that's oh, Pinterest. Pinterest that's strongly yes. emerging. Yes, yes. And especially so. as as we're coming back to this place where people are dipping their toe back into travel, 
And some places are not able to travel. In Australia, we're not allowed to leave the country. Yeah. So um, as you're dipping your toe into planning, you can start to really hone your process and hone your 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 destination as you look into where you're going to go next and and betting on when you're going to be allowed to to enter that mm-hmm. particular place. Well, your writing is uh, I mean, it's just fabulous. It is it, it, I mean, even if even if it weren't um like a play, I mean, s- several of the places that you've spotlighted in the blog, like, you know, I absolutely want to go there, but just to read your articles or your blogs, um, your writing is absolutely fantastic. It's fun. It's funny. It's creative. It's kind of sassy. I mean, it's it's just so unique. And like, I love to read about, I don't know what I love more. I don't know if I love to read about the travel more, if I love just to read your blog more. <laughs> Have you had anybody so give nice. me that have you had anybody give you that feedback? I have. I had an editor once tell me that she liked the sassiness. And oh. so when I when I had pitched her <laughs> for a story, she said, you know what? I, I like that. Can I bring some of that? Bring some of that to this piece and we'll be we'll be set. And I was like, great. I do like that. I mean, that's kind of that's my personality. That's sort of yeah. how I operate in the world. And so I I bring that to to my writing if if it's if it's going to be my voice and that the blog is I find it really easy to do because it's just me sort of bloviating <laughs> about what I think and and what I think that the audience will like a freelance is much harder again because I'm having to make sure that I use the voice that the the publication espouses that they would like to hear how do you do the blog do you take notes along the way do you do a little bit of your writing along the way do you um just um are you just really present on all aspects of the trip and then come back in and do all of it from memory like how how do you do it yes to all of that i'm very (laughs) i'm very analog I'm tragically analog, so I write notes in a notebook as oh. I go. So if we go yeah. on a tour or something, I have my notebook out because I'll, I'll try to do it on my phone, but I cannot leave it alone if I have a typo. So then I have to go back and fix it, and then I mix, I miss what they have set next, and it just works much better for my process for me to be analog. So I have a notebook. I write things down. Just write it down as I go. I have writing sessions usually in the evening after I come back I'll have my laptop with me in the hotel room or in the Airbnb or the accommodation or wherever Mm -hmm. we're staying and I'll just write notes I don't write anything too permanent I guess it's just a very rough rough draft but I do try to get my thoughts on paper so yeah, so I I do I I take lots of pictures. I take way too many pictures, and then I end up deleting a lot of them as I come back. If it's something that's too long for me to write, like a plaque or a something, I'll take a photo of it. Um, so I'll have it for later. And yeah, and that's when I'm trying to really upgrade my photography skills and invest in a in a good camera. But um, well, the pictures are so well done as well. Um, I love that that you and Ryan are in a lot of the pictures, but the the photography um, for your blog is just uh, very well done, uh, just like the writing. And so 
Um, fantastic job on that. Polly, thank you. That is just, <laughs> that is really, it makes me want to go in there and write a post on my blog. <laughs> Great. Um, so for your freelancing work, I mean, I'm just curious, how, how do you get your freelancing work? Have you, um, do you pitch stories or they come to you because they um, have heard about you? I mean, I have no idea how freelancing work it works. Uh, is it a, a combination of that? Girl, that was me. I had no idea how it worked. And it was scary as because I just thought I, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a pushy person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought this is going to be very hard for me. But I had a, a couple of really great mentors. I have a girlfriend here who has a blog that's ridiculously successful. Um, and then I have another girlfriend who is a freelance writer. And between the two of them, they have shepherded me and helped me so, so much. Uh, And then the classes as well. So I thought, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to go for this. I'm just going to do it. What's, what's the worst that can happen? What is the worst that can happen? So I started off slowly, especially with the pitching, because I was so nervous to do it. I was afraid I would do it wrong. And that I would be embarrassed. Um, so I started networking. I started slowly, pretty methodically, and got on a couple of, of groups for travel writers and met some people through some networking events. And I just started pitching and I got loads and loads of no's and I still do, but every freelancer does. So I got loads and loads of no's, but I started getting some yeses. So that has to really help your confidence. It does wonders for your confidence because you feel like you can do it again. You do it once and you're successful and you get some positive feedback and you see that someone thinks, someone who knows what they're doing thinks that you can do it too. And you start to go, wait a second, I I'm not an imposter after all. I can do this and I will do this. And so that has helped and that has helped. I I mostly pitch. Um, However, I have had some success with some editors and they have liked what I've done. And so they have come to me for stories and I haven't had to pitch them. So that is the ultimate, right? When you can just sit back. That is the ultimate, yeah. Right. Just sit back and go, "Mm, yeah, I'll do that one. Mm, No, I'm not interested. (laughs) You know, but I'm taking everything that I can get right now and I'm I'm loving it because it's challenging me and I've Well what is um on your blog, what is the favorite <laughs> your favorite article and I'll make sure that I connect to it in the show notes. Is there one that for you is like this is really this is like really the highlight for me? Oh gosh. Um my favorite article. Oh gosh, Holly! I don't know. Well, I love Maldives. Do you like that oh, one? Oh <laughs> gosh, Maldives! That was not hard to do. I am telling <laughs> you, I had been dreaming of going to the Maldives for an age, and finally, we just thought, "Let's do it." It is far. It is remote. It's far for y'all. It's far for us. It was planes, trains, and automobiles to get there. But I'm telling you, it is bliss. (laughs) It's insane. It's insane. I can imagine. Yeah. 
I want you to go on a safari and blog about your safari <laughs> experience. Oh, Polly. So I was very, very inspired by your safari trip and booked the one. The best trip ever. I see this just is it's like rubbing salt into the wound because we had it a safari trip. Well, we we had it planned. We paid for it over a year ago. We were meant to leave in June, on June 7th. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. So we were there for 14 days and I had sold articles to some publications about some of the things we were going to do there. We're going to do the blue train. We're going to do the wine country, uh, Victoria Falls, loads of stuff. And yeah, that got canceled. Well, I hope that it gets re um, uh, planned for you. Um, well, I mean, there'd be so many things to block about there and oh, that experience. I know. I know. Your, your photos were stunning. And even your little cute little safari gear. So I know. I, I bought a safari wardrobe for that trip. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I use, some of, I use some of my stuff, but we only take uh, 37 pounds, um, uh, with us. So, you know, we had to, it's not like you can pack everything in your closet. We had to be so selective, um, what we, pla- what we packed. And so, yeah, I, I ended up buying a few safari outfits for it. So. Right. Lightweight. <laughs> uh, yeah. There, there are a lot of lightweight things, but, um, well, do you have any travel tips for uh, people that um, may be traveling on a budget or not on a budget? Just, you know, things that you think that, you know, kind of would work across a broad range. Um, maybe a, a couple of tips that uh, you've picked up along the way. I would say plan in advance. Um, actually, don't plan yourself to death, but mm-hmm. have sort of a menu of things to do when you're going to a destination, especially one you've not been to before. So we talked before about searching Pinterest, searching not only the location on Instagram, following the the location, but follow the hashtag. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one because, you know, everybody's on Instagram. It doesn't happen if there's not a picture of it on Instagram. So use that to your advantage. Another thing you can do is look at Airbnb. Even if you're not staying in an Airbnb, look at the activities that they offer on Airbnb. You know how you can sign up for activities now on Airbnb? Yeah, and that is such a fantastic uh, tip. Um, I didn't know that, and someone mentioned that to me, and um, it, it's such creative. And it's like someone, you know, like does a small cocktail tour or a or, you know, someone that just really personalizes things in the area, but kind of like small scale stuff. And um, so you can get some really great ideas about that. Uh, you from re- that. You really can. You really can. And it's usually a person who knows the area extremely well is usually a local. Yep. So they've gone ahead and curated everything for you. You can go do the touristy stuff on your own. That's not hard to find out. But the stuff that's more more authentic to a place mm-hmm. or more authentic to people is going to be done by local people. And, and sure. you won't find that on, on TripAdvisor or on any of these uh, websites where they write things to do. Another thing I'd say is to really think about people say, I don't, I'm not going to pay for a decent hotel room because I never spend time in the room. Um, I do spend time in the room. And when we went to the Maldives, we 
had uh, several options of rooms, but we splashed out and we went big because we knew that we were never probably going to go to the Maldives again. There are too many places Mm -hmm. in the world to go. So maybe the next time it's, you know, the Seychelles or Mauritius or somewhere like that. But we stayed in the best accommodation that we we could afford at the time because we wanted that to be something that we remembered. So we did. We did the whole overwater bungalow with a private pool and I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it because it was once in a lifetime experience. And if you're going to do it, do it right. I agree with that. Is there a top travel place that you recommend? I find truly, I find something to love about every place that we go mostly. Um, But I surprisingly loved Iceland. Oh, and that is like such a, I don't mean trendy as in, mm-hmm. I don't know, trendy is not the right word, but it's kind of like the the place to go right now. Everybody's I'm, going to Iceland. Everyone's going to Iceland. Yeah, it's so true. We went about, we were there about four years ago. And again, going anywhere from Australia is, um, you just, you just, might, you give up a day of your life, honestly, right. not even like it took us about 26 hours to get to Iceland. Oh but, my heaven. Yeah. But it was absolutely worth it. Ryan was the one who really wanted to go. Um, he had been banging on about going to Australia for years. I mean, going to Iceland for years. And I was like, all right, we'll just go. So I planned it and planned it. And it was beyond any expectation that I had for it. And maybe it's because I wasn't I mean, I was excited. I'm excited to go anywhere. Um, but maybe it was because I, I really didn't have, ex, you know, high the highest of expectations about it. But that place is stunningly gorgeous, pristine, clean, different than anywhere I've ever been. And just, just beautiful. I can't recommend it enough. I would absolutely love to go back and go up sort of to the northeast part we sort of stayed southwest um but yeah but we would we'd really have to want it because it like i said it takes forever to get there yeah right an earlier episode that i um did on the podcast i did a solo cast on um how london changed my life do you believe that and and my experience was you know kind of i was leaving you know kind of an old life and and trying to get you know just it kind of prepared me i think for um my new life after i got a divorce and everything um do you think that travel can change your life oh absolutely i know it can i know travel can change your life i know travel can change your life it doesn't have to be moving somewhere it doesn't have to be moving sure 9300 miles away to a different country it can be going on a holiday with people that you enjoy. It can be going on a holiday by yourself. It can be going to a, a health retreat or a, a yoga yurt or a holiday with your family or just somewhere with someone that you care about to be in a different environment, to see things differently. If you're going to travel with the expectation that everything be like it is, in the place where you come from, then no, it's not going to do anything for you. But if you're going to travel with an open mind and an open heart and a, not even a willingness, but just sort of the expectation that you'll learn something and that you'll grow, then you'll bring that back with you when you come home and you'll filter that through 
your daily life that you have just the mundane Monday through Friday. And you'll think about what it was like when you were in a different place and how that felt. And I think that that will create that desire in you to add some of that to your to your sort of emotional repertoire of of I don't I don't even know the word but I think memories of course memories change who we are and travel right. adds to that so so much new experiences new ways of doing things meeting different people that are nothing like you that you've never seen before and you'll never see again absolutely travel travel I think that's why people travel actually I think that's I agree why travelers that. travel I agree with that well, you made me think of um, an, another question for you. In one of your articles, I can't remember um, exactly which one it is. You'll recall it right off the top of your head. But it's where you're talking about, you know, just eating, like making the most of eating the street food and everything. And the reason that I liked that article, and you can talk about it if you want to, but the reason that I liked the article is that... Um, you know, you could you could travel somewhere and do you know a lot of the same things that you um, can do at at home, or you can never get to know the culture. You can travel and still not get to know the culture, get to know you know the people. Some and it's one of the things that I love about traveling with Brad is like you know he doesn't want to just sit at the resort. He wants to get out and, and see, um, you know, just kind of see the area and experience the culture. And when I read that article, I thought that is so much of doing exactly that. Absolutely. Street food is, I, I love street food and I love markets that Singapore, the hawkers markets in Singapore are outstanding. I would rather go to one of those and get something from a, from a, street food vendor than sit in the nicest restaurant in Singapore. That to me is way more adventurous and way more telling of who people are getting to know people through food. So right. Um, when we, I went to China with uh, a girlfriend of mine and my girlfriend um, speaks Chinese. So super, super, super lucky because I had her with me all the time and she sort of did all the talking and we went to an alley where they had street food and by Western standards, it would be shocking. I thought, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going for it. I'm just going to do it. Uh, I'm just going to do it. So there was this one stand and they had these, I I still don't know what kind of birds they were, but they were like birds on a stick and they had been flattened and they were crispy and they had Mm -hmm. the bones in them and everything. And so she was laughing about it. And I said, I'm going to get one. <laughs> She's, you are not. I go, I'm going to get one. So I went and got one. And I was just going to pretend like I was eating it for the picture. But I took a bite of it. And you know what, Polly? It was delicious. It was so oh. good. I went and got another one. Oh, my gosh. It was so, so good. And that right there, talking about changing, made me feel, feel more brave. And I thought, I can, I can, you know, I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna try that. And so I did, I tried a lot of things that I guess, otherwise, I might not have. And then you have that experience yeah. to share with, with other people, which right. is so exciting. Right? I ate the flat smushed bird and it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Ivy, do you have anything else maybe that you want to share with the Stories Connect People podcast listeners that I haven't asked you? I am so happy to be a part of this. I'm thinking of you guys 
all the time in America and wishing (laughs) you well. And, you know, my family is still there and we try to get there at least once at least once a year, but I don't think it's going to happen. I hope your parents love the podcast. (laughs) You have to send it to them. I do too. Absolutely. If our listeners want to um, check out your website or follow your blog um, or connect with you on social media, how would they do that? www.travelintoos.com. Social media is Travel in Twos on Facebook. And then on Instagram, I am travel underscore in underscore twos underscore. Okay, great. And on your website, you can subscribe to your blog. Is that right? That is absolutely right. I would love it. Love it. Love it if they did. I love comments. Comments absolutely make my day. And they help me gauge what people are interested in. So I can make content that works for my audience. Well, I encourage um, everyone to check out Travel in Twos, read some of Ivy's incredible travel stories, and also check out how amazing her writing is about those stories. Um, Ivy, it has been such a pleasure. I appreciate you being on uh, Stories Connect People podcast. It's been really great having you on um, the podcast today. Thanks, Polly. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, listen, rate, or share with others. I look forward to being with you next time on Stories Connect People podcast.